بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم page number 10 ألم ترى إلى الذي حاج إبراهيم في ربه The first story we will look at over here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Did you not look at Did you not consider the case of the one who argued with Ibrahim about his Lord? Isn't this amazing? Isn't it amazing how this man argued with Ibrahim salam about who? About Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, about his Rabb. The word hajja is from hajim jim and hujja is argument and muhajja is to engage in an argument. Meaning when one person says something, you refute it with your response and then they come up with something else and you refute that with your response. So this person argued with Ibrahim salam about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, about Allah's existence, about Allah's power, about the fact that Allah alone should be worshipped. And why did this person become so arrogant that he was almost denying the existence of Allah, the power of Allah, the fact that Allah alone should be worshipped? What gave him the pride to argue about Allah? The reason was, أَنْ آتَاهُ اللَّهُ الْمُلْكِ Allah gave him some mulk. This man was a king. It is said that this was King Nimrud of ancient Babylon. And this man, because he was a king, he had a little bit of power. Because of that, he thought so highly of himself that he thought he could even challenge the existence of God. And there are people today also who think similarly. That just because they have learned a few things about the universe, about dinosaurs, about what happened thousands of years ago or millions of years ago, right? they think that they can challenge, they can reject the existence of God. So this man thought the same. So what happened? إِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ So Ibrahim السلام, said to him, that رَبِّيَ الَّذِي يُحْيِي وَيُمِيتِ My Lord is the one who gives life and He gives death. That is Allah. The giver of life, the giver of death. Because Allah is Al-Hay, Al-Qayyum. So if anything is alive, it's because Allah gave life to it. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides, He gives death to it. So this man, Nimrud, قَالَ He said, أَنَا أُحْيِي وَأُمِيدِ He said, I give life and give death. It's not God, it's not your God, it's me. I do that. Now how could he make that claim that I give life and I give death? It is said that this man, because he was a king, an oppressive ruler, so he had lots of prisoners. So he called two prisoners, and to one of the prisoners he said, you're free, go. And the other prisoner, he decided that that prisoner should be killed. So he said, see, I gave this guy life, he's free to live, and I gave this guy death. I killed him. So by this, he claimed, I give life and I give death. Does that make sense? Do you understand what kind of logic he came up with? Is that what Ibrahim was talking about? That Allah gives life and Allah gives death? No, Ibrahim meant Allah is the creator of life, the giver of life, and He is the taker of life also. You just spared a man, And yes, even though you killed him, you did not cause his death. Ultimately, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed that this man should die at this time. That's why he died. But you know what? It didn't make any sense over here to argue with this guy over this issue. Right? Because if someone doesn't even have this much sense to understand that Allah is the giver of life and the giver of death, and he comes up with this 
twisted interpretation and he says, oh, I spared a man, I gave him life, I killed a man, I gave him death. It's not worth arguing. So Ibrahim a.s. he gave another proof. قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ Ibrahim a.s. said, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed Allah يَأْتِي بِالشَّمْسِ مِنَ الْمَشْرِقِ Allah brings the sun from the east. Mashriq is the east, the place of rising. So he said, Allah brings the sun from the east, meaning the sun rises from the east, and who causes it to rise? Allah does so. So if you Nimrud, if you claim that you're God, then فَأْتِبِهَا مِنَ الْمَغْرِبِ Bring the sun from the west. Cause it to rise from the west, from the place where it sets, you make it rise. Because if you're God, you can make that happen. Go ahead, we're watching. Could he do that? No. فَبُهِتَ الَّذِي كَفَرُ So the one who denied, meaning Nimrud, he was dumbfounded. Buhita. Buhita is from Bahata. And this is when someone is left speechless. Like, you've just totally destroyed their argument. You've just caused them to be quiet. They have nothing left to say. They're kind of shocked. Right? You gave them such a powerful proof that they're just shocked. They're still trying to process what happened. So they're left speechless. He was defeated. وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِي الْقَوْمَ الظَّالِمِينَ Allah does not guide those people who do wrong. What was the zulm of Nimrud over here when he denied the existence of Allah? So this is the first story. So what do we learn from this story? That who is Allah? Allah is not just the giver of life and the giver of death. But He is the one who is in control of everything. Every sunrise and every sunset. Everything that happens in your small world and everything that happens in the small world of those around you and everything that happens in the universe, who is in control of it? Allah, يَعْلَمُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ Second story. أَوْ or كَالَّذِي Like the one who. Meaning, or have you reflected on the story of the one who? مَرَّ عَلَى قَرْيَةٍ who passed by a town. Marra is from Meem Rara, and Marra Yamuru is to pass by something. So Marra ala qaryatin, he came upon a town. He was traveling, and he saw a town. And this town, Qarya, is basically a population, a place where people are living. So the signs of that are their homes, their streets, their buildings. You know, it's quite obvious people live here. But this town, what was its state? وَهِيَ خَاوِيَةٌ عَلَىٰ عُرُوشِهَا Its rooftops had even fallen. Meaning this entire town was fallen in ruin. This is a very interesting expression. خَاوِيَةٌ is from خَاوَوِيَةٌ Okay, and خَاوَيَهُوِ is basically to be empty. When is a building empty? A house empty? When no one is living there. Right? Because if people inhabit a place... They are themselves in that place and their stuff is in that place. Isn't it? Khawiya is a place that's deserted. Nobody's living there. But this was Khawiya ala urushiha. And from this Khawiya is used for empty, barren, uh, fallen in. Okay? And urushiha, urush is the plural of arsh. Arsh means roof. It doesn't just mean a throne. It also means roof. And that's why the arsh of Allah is called the arsh because it's the arsh in the sense that it's the ceiling, the roof under which is the entire creation. 
And it's the throne of Allah. So above it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself. Okay? So here what's happening is that the urush, the rooftops had fallen. Okay? The rooftops had fallen. Now, typically what happens is that if a building has been deserted for a long time, it will collapse. Alright? It will collapse. Nobody's looking after it. Nobody's maintaining it. So, the description that's given over here is that on the rooftops, the walls even had fallen. Khawiyatun fallen onto its rooftop. So it's as if, because it was empty for a long time, the roof fell. And once the roof fell, over time what happened? Even the walls fell. And then so many other things even settled on it. So khawiyatun ala urushiha, what does it mean? That this place had been deserted, the buildings had collapsed, and a long time had passed. Long time had passed since this place was in ruins. Now imagine, if you see a house or two in this state, you're like, oh, sad. But imagine if you come upon an entire city that you look in one direction and all you see is ruins. You look in another direction and all you see is ruins. And you know that within those ruins are who? The bodies of the people who once lived here. Right? So this man, when he saw all this devastation, Qala, he said, Anna yuhyi, how will he give life, hadihi to this, Allahu Allah, meaning how will Allah give life to all of this, barda mautiha, after its death. Meaning so many people are buried here, so many corpses, so many remains, so many, how will Allah resurrect all of them? This man wondered. You know, if one or two people are to be resurrected, okay. But all these people from under the ruins, how will they be resurrected? This man wondered. So what happened? Remember we learned, Allah is the wali of those who believe. He brings them out of darkness into light. One kind of darkness is doubt. Okay? One kind of darkness is confusion. Unclarity. So this person, and it is said that this was actually a prophet of Allah. Uzair alayhi salam. He was a prophet sent to the Bani Israel. So anyway, look what happened over here. فَأَمَاتَهُ اللَّهُ Allah made him die. This man, where he was, watching the ruins, right there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him die. And this man was dead for how many years? مِئَةَ عَامٍ For a hundred years. عَام means a year. So مِئَةَ عَامٍ A hundred years. A hundred years, this man lay dead. ثُمَّ بَعَثَ Then, after a hundred years, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala resurrected him. Brought him back to life. And then what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, قَالَ He said, He asked this man, كَمْ لَبِسْتَ How much did you remain here? Meaning, for how long have you been in this place? لَبِثَ is to remain in a place. So how long have you remained in this place? Qala, the man said, لَبِسْتُ يَوْمًا Maybe I've been here for a day. أَوْ بَعْضَ يَوْمٍ Or maybe part of a day. So he was dead for how long? A hundred years. And when he was brought back to life, he said, maybe I've been here for a day or part of a day. Not very long. Because he didn't have any sense of time, right? 
Because there was no calendar, no watch, nothing telling him right, that you've been here for a hundred years. Qala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, Ballabista mi'ataamin. Rather, you've been here for a hundred years. Now what's the proof of that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed him. Fanzur. So look, ila ta'amik to your food. Because he was traveling, remember? A hundred years ago when he was traveling. So when he was traveling, he also had some food with him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, look at your food. Washarabik and look at your drink. Lam yatasanna. It did not rot. Yatasanna is from sin nun nun. Sin is age. And it can also be from sin nunha. Saniha is to change over time, to become stale over time. Does that happen to food? Yeah? Does it happen to drinks? Yeah. And with time, what happens to, for example, meat? Does it begin to smell? Does it get discolored? Yeah. What happens to your fruits and vegetables? They go black, they rot, right? What happens to that plate of food that you hid under your bed? What happens to that? Has it ever happened that you find, ah, your lunch boxes in your lockers? Hmm? What happens to them? I know somebody whose mom would go to university with him to check his locker. How many lunch boxes were stacked over there? Right? With all that rotting food. So anyway, food ages over time, rots over time. But what happened over here is that this man was dead for a hundred years and during this period, his food did not rot at all. Wanzur, and on the other hand, look ila himarik. Look at your donkey, the donkey that he was riding. Look at your donkey. What happened to that? It's not mentioned here, but it's obvious from the rest of the ayah that the donkey was in bones, literally, just a skeleton, withered bones that remained. وَلِنَجْعَلَكَ آيَةً لِلنَّاسِ We're going to make you a miracle for the people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him. وَانْظُرْ إِلَى الْعِظَامِ Now look at the bones. عِظَام is a plural of عَظَم. عَظَم is a bone, عِظَام bones. Look at the bones of the donkey. Withered bones. كَيْفَ نُنْشِزُهَا How we raise them. نُنْشِزُ is from نُنْشِنْزَي which is to raise something up. So look at how we raise them, meaning we put them together, we consolidate them, one on top of the other, each bone going to its right place. And as the skeleton comes together, ثُمَّ نَكْسُوهَا لَحْمَا Then we clothe it with flesh. نَكْسُو is from kaf seen wow, kiswa, clothing. Kiswatul Kaaba is the cover of the Kaaba. Right? So look at how we clothe the skeleton now with flesh. So basically, the donkey came alive in front of this man's eyes. فَلَمَّا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ Then when it was clear to him how Allah will resurrect the dead, قَالَ أَعْلَمُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ He said, I know that Allah is capable over everything. Allah can do anything. So this was a miracle actually that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon this man. And if it's Prophet Uzair alayhi salam, this was a miracle. And what we see here is that this man just wondered how so many people will be brought back to life by Allah. How is that going to be possible? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this man experience death for a hundred years, brought him back to life, 
and showed him two miracles. On the one hand, he showed him how the food did not age with the passage of time. And on the other hand, he showed him the donkey that had died and was turned into withered bones. So you see two completely opposite things happening. Food not aging. And an animal decomposing with the passage of time. And then what happened? That animal is brought back to life in front of this man. What did this prove to him? That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants, He can preserve anything. The passage of time does not matter. And whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants, He can resurrect the dead. No matter how decayed and decomposed their bodies may be. So Allah has the power to preserve, and Allah has the power to resurrect the dead. Right? So even though a body, a dead body, may be lost somewhere at sea, eaten up by some animals of the sea, and then whatever remains of it goes down to the bottom of the sea. And then it's, you know, over hundreds of years, you know, sediments and stuff like that settles on it, and it's just buried, lost in the depths of the earth. Its remains are still preserved with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserved that food, it did not rot. Just like that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can preserve the remains of the dead and He can bring them to life even if they are completely decayed. One more story, the third one, about Ibrahim alayhi salam. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ And recall when Ibrahim said, who is Ibrahim salam? Allah's friend, right? He said, رَبِّ أَرِنِي He said, Oh my Lord, show me. كَيْفَ تُحِيِ الْمَوْتَى How will you bring the dead back to life? الْمَوْتَى is a plural of mayit. It is said that this incident happened after Ibrahim salam's interaction with Nimrud. Remember what Nimrud said? I give life and I give death. Right? So Ibrahim salam wondered then, how will Allah give life to the dead? So he asked Allah, that, oh Allah, show me, how will you revive the dead? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him, qala awalam tu'min, don't you believe? Do you not believe, oh Ibrahim? Don't you believe that Allah will resurrect the dead? qala bala. Ibrahim salam said, Yes, of course, indeed, I do believe that you will resurrect the dead. But I want to know more so that my heart is at ease. My heart is satisfied. Yatma'inna is from Tamim Noon. And Tama'nina is, you see, your heart, do you ever feel anxious in your heart? Yeah? Do you ever feel scared? What happens with those emotions? You feel like, you know, up and down, up and down. If you were to take the data and put that in a graph form, you would find the state of your heart going how? Up and down, up and down, constantly. Right? Tama'nina is to be still. Literally, tama'nina is to become still. And tama'nina is something that we should observe in salah. What that means is that in every position, we become completely still before we move to the next position. Okay? We don't do rolling stops, we do complete stops in salah. 
That is tama'nina. Complete stop, becoming still is tama'nina. Now what happens with your heart is that when you hear weird things, you read something strange, you hear someone arguing about God, you start to wonder also. You're like uneasy in your heart. Like for example, you study about, let's say, evolution. And then, from the beginning you know that, okay, Allah created everything. And now you're like, okay, but like really, how? What exactly is happening? How did this happen? I mean, scientific research, observation, it shows that there is evolution. Now, how exactly do we understand this with the Qur'an, with the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything? Right? So it leaves you a little unsettled. You hear someone mocking at God. That leaves you unsettled. So Ibrahim alayhi salam had just had this interaction with Nimrud. And even though he had defeated Nimrud in argument, Ibrahim alayhi salam was human. So he asked Allah so that he would have more confidence. So he said, I want my heart to be at peace. I want to be firm and fully confident. And this is something that you must do in your life. Anytime you have any kind of doubt, any kind of question, any kind of feeling of uneasiness about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, about something related to the deen, you must seek tama'nina. You must seek conviction. How? In two ways. There's two steps. The first step is that you ask Allah. Just as Ibrahim alayhi salam asked Allah. You make dua. That, oh Allah, you make me understand this. Oh Allah, you give me clarity. Ask Allah. Make dua. And secondly, seek knowledge. Seek knowledge. Ask the people who know. Do some research. Find out. So, inna qalbi. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, qala, He said to Ibrahim alayhi salam, if you want tama'nina, if you want satisfaction of the heart, then فَخُذْ أَرْبَعَةً مِّنَ الطَّيْرِ Take four birds. طَيْرِ Bird. So take four birds. And then فَصُرْهُنَّ إِلَيْكَ Make them inclined to you. سُرْهُنَّ is from صَاد وَوْرَى And what this means is tame them, make them familiar with yourself, that those birds recognize you, so that every time you call them, they come to you. When they see you, they come to you. And this is amazing. You can actually do that with wild birds also. You know that? You can do that with wild birds also. So anyway, Ibrahim salam he did that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, Summa then, meaning once you have tamed them, once they recognize you, they listen to you, then slaughter them. Slaughter them, cut them into pieces, mix up their pieces. Summa then, اِجْعَلْ عَلَى كُلِّ جَبَلٍ Then put on every mountain, meaning the mountains that are around you, nearby mountains, go and put on those mountains, مِنْهُنَّ جُزْآ A portion of them. Meaning, for example, a bird, if it's cut up into six pieces, put one piece on one mountain, another piece on another mountain, third piece on the third mountain, fourth piece on the fourth mountain, things like that. You understand how this is done? Meaning, scatter their remains. Scatter their remains. Then call them. Once you have scattered their remains, then stand and call the birds just as you would call them before. And a miracle will happen, which is that يَأْتِينَ kasarya. Those remains will come to you. 
The birds will come to you running, meaning quickly. How? Will that happen with you also? If you were to cut up pieces of birds and spread them around and call them, they will come to you? No, this was a miracle that was given to Ibrahim alayhi salam. Right? وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ And then you should note that Allah is Aziz, Almighty, Hakim. His hukum prevailed, His command prevails. What was this miracle supposed to teach Ibrahim alayhi salam? That even if the remains of people are scattered, scattered across the earth, one piece is here, another piece is there, one remain is here, another piece of the remain is somewhere else on the planet, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call them on the day of judgment, people will come to Him. People will be resurrected, they will come to life, and they will come to Him. Why? Because who will call them? Allah the Exalted will call them. In the Quran we learn, وَنُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ فَإِذَا هُم مِّنَ الْأَجَدَّاثِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَنْسِلُونَ The trumpet will be blown, and all of them will come out of their graves rushing. Out of their graves rushing. Have you ever seen turtles coming out of the sand? How they come out of the sand, and as they come out, baby turtles, as they hatch, they come out, they crawl out, and then they go towards the light which is supposed to be the light of the full moon. They know where to go. Their mother is not there to tell them. It's built in. Isn't it? So, just like your phone. If you don't know where it is, you do your find my iPhone thing. Wherever your phone is, it's going to start beeping. Even though you're not telling the phone over there. I mean, you don't have your phone in your hand telling them, okay, start beeping. No. You're controlling it from somewhere else because that programming is done from before. So we learned in Ayat al-Kursi that everything belongs to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? He is its creator and He is its provider and maintainer. He gave it life, He gave it death, and whenever He wants, He can bring it back to life. So these three amazing stories, what do they illustrate to us? Two very important facts. The first important fact that we learn from these three stories is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all perfect. Beyond you can even comprehend. What happened in the first story? The man said, I give life, I give death. Right? Ibrahim alayhi salam told him, no, Allah brings the sun from the east. If you think you can do the same, then you try to bring it from the west. What happened in the second story? The man wondered, how will Allah bring all of these people back to life? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed to that man that how on the one hand he can preserve the food and how on the other hand the donkey is completely decomposed or rather decayed into bones and then the donkey is brought back to life in front of him. So who made that happen? Allah did. So Allah is all perfect, all powerful beyond your comprehension even. Many people reject the existence of God because they don't understand. Right? They don't understand how there could be a God. But that's the thing. Their understanding, their concept of God is limited. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more perfect than even you think He is. Because, وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شَاءٍ He's more perfect than you can imagine. More powerful than you can imagine. So any doubt that you can have about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, note that Allah is above it. Allah is more perfect than that. The second important thing we learn from these stories 
is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show the light to the one who holds on to urwatul wusqa. The one who holds on to Allah, believes in Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show him the way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take him to the light. When you study different things, when you interact with different people, you engage with them. Sometimes you come across things that may be very disturbing. You might hear something that, okay, it's mentioned in the Qur'an and that upsets you. That how could something like this be in the Qur'an? How could something like this be a part of Islam? Or how could Allah decide such and such? Is that even fair? Things like that. Any question you have or any supposed objection you have, never ever consider yourself to be against Allah. No. Consider Allah to be your wali. Allahu waliyu ladina amanu. If you start objecting, why does Allah do this? Why did Allah decide this? Why did Allah command this? You're not on the same side. You're trying to oppose Allah. And when you will try to oppose Allah, you may not be showed the light. If you want to see the light, if you want to go in the right direction, never leave your friendship with Allah. You have a question, turn to Allah. You have a doubt, turn to Allah. You're wondering, turn to Allah. Like Ibrahim salam did. Don't consider yourself to be on the opposite side. No, Allahu waliyyu ladina amanu. So these are the two very important lessons that we learn from these verses. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.